Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today we welcome Carolyn Porterfield. Carolyn is a trainer, speaker, writer, mentor. Carolyn and I worked together when we were with the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. So we've known each other a long time, haven't we, Carolyn? We have, Sandy. You and I did women's bills down in the Rio Grande Valley. We did. Let's explain a little bit to those listening what a women's build is. It's a crew of women and we spend one week working with the family to build a house for them down in South Texas. And it is an amazing experience. It was always the highlight of my year. So you learned leadership lessons from the women's build? I did, amazingly so. I guess we need to tell our listeners that you and I also worked together on the Texas WMU staff. We did, yes. So Sandy, when you came to lead us and you said to me, we're going to build a house with a team of women, I thought, this woman is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) There is no way a bunch of women can build a house. And yet, you proved me wrong. It does seem inconceivable, doesn't it? It really Especially does. Especially with you and me on the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, not you, because you have some real skills. <laughs> I had nothing to offer except availability. But you know, when we went down there on that first build, I have to admit, I was scared to death because I knew I didn't know anything. One author calls it our uh, glittering image. Mm -hmm. We put out this glittering image and we're hiding behind that. And believe me, that first women's build, I was hiding behind my glittering image. I had a hammer, but I wasn't even sure which end I was supposed (laughs) to use. (laughs) So you went down there and you were, your glittering image got a little tarnished, did it? (laughs) Well, it fell flat on its face, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I learned that, first of all, I had to be a learner. And then the second thing I had to learn in that first year was that every task matters. Yes. I didn't realize how complicated building a house was or is. And we started with, what do you call it, the subfloor? Mm-hmm. And we literally, we, we literally, (laughs) working together, put all those walls up. Yes. Like a puzzle. And if those walls weren't square, then your roof's going to be wonky. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, you're, I mean, you have to get it right from the beginning. Absolutely. But, you know, I didn't know how to do that. I could lift a board. I couldn't even really swing a hammer. And I surely had never used a nail gun, although you let me do that. Don't you want to use this? That that is pretty fun. Yeah. It's kind of addictive. Yeah, people need to know you are a secret construction wizard. Well. It's true. I'm (laughs) saying it on here. Okay. But we had to set the walls. We had to have electrical and plumbing lines. We had to install windows and doors. And I did not know how to do any of those things. And frankly, I felt pretty worthless because a lot of times as leaders, we base our worth on what we do. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly true for me. So that week, my responsibilities revolved around getting tools 
for the ones who needed them, picking up trash, keeping the workers hydrated by bringing them water, and encouraging team members when they were hot and tired. And you know, that didn't seem like very much to me. Critical roles. If you have a view of what a leader is, and that those actions don't fit that view, it can really do something to your heart and to your soul. And I'm not really sure who sat me down that week. It might have been you. It might have been one of the women from Illinois that was there with us. But they gave me a different perspective on small tasks. They said keeping a work site free of trash made it safe for the workers. And boy, did I come to see how important that is. Bringing tools to those who needed them saved time mm -hmm. because they didn't have to run around trying to find them. Keeping workers hydrated and fed gave them energy for the task. And boy, there are some years it was so hot down there in Panitas, uh, literally over 100 degrees, and we had to keep our workers hydrated. Everyone gets frustrated and tired on a work site. Yes. And encouraging words are a true gift. Absolutely. And so my whole attitude began to change in that first year, that every task on that site matters. And I was important to the team. Mm -hmm. Not because I could run electrical lines or the plumbing lines or put the roof on, but because I could pick up trash and I could take water bottles to thirsty workers and I could say, good job, keep going. And sometimes I just had to say, you need to take a break. How long have you been on that ladder? It's time to get off of there. And along the way, you learned. You learned what the names of tools were. <laughs> I did. That was what another amazing thing. I went from knowing almost nothing to knowing just a little bit. Over the seven years that I worked on houses, I really look back and I think, I really am surprised at, at what I learned. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought of how Jesus trained the 12 disciples. I like to call them his leadership team. Because on that work site, I experienced the way he trained his disciples. First, he said, come with me and watch. I had to watch people use tools mm -hmm. before I could use them. Second thing, Jesus said, do it with me. So now I moved from more of an observer to an active participant, but I wasn't left on my own which was good, very good. <laughs> and thirdly, Jesus said to his disciples, go in my name. Yes. Go in my name. Yeah. And he poured so much into them that when he knew his time on earth was finished, he handed them the mission and they took it. And we are doing what we do today because of their faithfulness. So I went from not knowing which end of the hammer to use to learning how to use tools I'd never even heard of. And then the amazing thing was I got to teach others how to use them. Imagine my surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and all the while a house is being built and a family is being blessed. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's another thing I learned was 
we have to involve others. Mm -hmm. During this time of all of the social unrest in our country, I've evaluated, I've looked back on my own involvement relating to other cultures, which I have loved. But I know I made mistakes. I know that I said things that were inappropriate. And one of my struggles on that first women's build was when we rolled up, and oh my goodness, those men's eyes got really big when all these women rolled out of their vehicles. We rolled up to build a house for a family. That was in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I think I came to you midweek and said, Sandy, I'm struggling because we're, we're not building a house for a family. Don't we need to do this together with the family? Absolutely. And we had to learn over the years that we were not building a house for a family, that we were building a house with a family and with a community. And we even learned we weren't building a house. True. We were building a relationship and the house became the byproduct of it. We saw that as our mission to go build a relationship with this family. Oh, and by the way, at the end of the week, we get to hand them keys to their new house. A blessing to be able to work in partnership with them. And we have had the most incredible families that we've worked with. We have. I think of our second family. Do you remember Osvaldo mm -hmm. and Rhea? Yeah. Osvaldo gave his life to Christ yes. at the end of that week. Yes. And someone asked him, what happened this week for to enable you to make that decision to follow Jesus? And he looked around that work site and he pointed to individual women and he said, that woman is a Christian and she's building my house. And that woman is a Christian and she's building my house. And I remember when Shelley went to Norma and said, do you think Maria has made that same decision for Jesus? Mm -hmm. And Norma said, well, I don't know, let's go ask her. Thankfully, Norma was a retired missionary from South America and spoke Spanish. I remember turning around and seeing Maria and Norma and Shelley all huddled together. All huddled together in Espaldo, and Maria was asking Jesus into her life. Yeah. So it, that was such a powerful moment to realize that the purpose for which we thought we were there mm -hmm. was not really the full purpose yes. of us being there. If we're not intent on making disciples, our activity is wasted. That is so true. And then the next year, the third house that we built, the Purple House. Uh -huh. This family, the husband and wife, also gave their lives to Christ. And accepted a Bible study in their living room. That's right. They were being discipled, but mm -hmm. they were also learning how to disciple other people. Yes. We had to learn that it was the relationship that was first, and then the house was second. Yes. And as we built those relationships, we were changed, but we saw families changed. And as we saw families changed, we saw community that you was changed. You could really tell the difference in that community from year one to year seven. Just transformation 
like you said, you see it individually, you see it with families, but to see an entire community transformed, that, that is amazing. I want to go back to something you said because it reminded me, we, we did have men coaches along the way. We did, and they were great. They were great. And I remember uh, talking to one coach, asking him why he liked to be a part of the women's build. And he said, when you're on a men's site, there's always arguments. Do it this way. Do it this way. No, do it this way. You have to do it this way. And on the women's site, there just weren't those kind of arguments because none of us knew what we were doing. <laughs> but we were willing to learn, and we were willing to be coached, and somehow it worked out. I remember that first build. I, I, I was on the roof, and I looked around, and I saw a retired school teacher who was probably 70 at the time. But she was picking up trash on the job site, bending down, picking up trash. And I looked over and I saw another lady with MS who was on the roof and another lady who had been car wreck and had been um, so severely damaged that she had to, she was on the roof as well, but she had to really concentrate to hit the nail on the head. She would work intently. And I, I looked at our ragtag group of women and think, there's no way we should be building a house, but somehow God blesses the hands of everybody. And all of a sudden there is a house. And you know, it, it, it spoke to the, the men who were helping to build Juan's house. Mm -hmm. Because one of the ladies had a broken arm and she had come all the way from Illinois to she help. She did paint and paint yes. and paint. She rolled that roller with one arm for five days. Yes. And one of those men looked at her and said, she inspires me because if I don't feel good one day, I just stay home. But here she is with a broken arm and she's yeah. come all this way yeah. to serve. And as leaders, don't we make excuses for why we can't yeah. do things? And on those work sites, I saw women, and yes, our wonderful male coaches, who just said, I don't know, but I can learn. And those who knew say, let me show you how that works. Or have you thought about doing it this way? Yes. And then sometimes we even moved from trainee to trainer. Mm -hmm. I remember the year I actually taught someone how to put insulation up. I was just thinking about that. I thought if I ever need insulation, you're the person I'm <laughs> calling because you are the queen of insulation. Well, it, it felt good, I guess. It was one of those aha moments when all of a sudden you realize, I really do know how to do this. And now I'm teaching someone else. And that's what we need to do as leaders is not just keep what we know to ourselves. I don't know who said this, but I think it's true that we are not successful as leaders until we have trained our successors. Mm -hmm. The last two years I was on WMU of Texas staff, I had planned to go to the Women's Build, but I was caring for aging parents. And those last two years, their health was not good. I could not go to the Build. And yet, I watched houses be built, and I watched women build them, a couple of them, 
that I had actually taught how to put in <laughs> insulation. And I thought, the work goes on. It's not dependent on us. It is dependent on us sharing what we know with those who we work beside and those who will follow us. That's right. And that brings up another good point. We don't have to know everything. We as leaders think we have to know everything about everything. You had a specialty. I remember others on our team who had a specialty in siding, others who had a specialty in putting in windows. So when it came to the next year or the next year, we knew we could draw on their expertise. So you don't have to know everything about everything. That's right. I remember the year you said, don't you want to get up on the roof? And I looked at you and said, no, <laughs> no, thank you, but I don't want to get on the roof. And all the years that I went to the women's build, I never got on the roof because that was not what I was good at doing. Yes. You know, my little contribution was elsewhere, but I was grateful for those who got on the roof. And you were great at what you did because you are like a queen with a slap stapler. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I did learn how to use one. You did, absolutely. I did. I'd put you up against any slap stapler. <laughs> You know, another thing that was interesting, Sandy, I think we limit ourselves. If you had not led the way for us to take teams of women to the valley, I never could have believed that women could build a house hmm. because I didn't believe that I could do that. But I learned working with others, I could have a part in doing that. And we learn things about ourselves that we didn't know we could do. And so we limit ourselves by thinking, oh, I can't do that. And until we try, how do we know? That's right. It's sort of like an image of what is shared in the Bible about the body of Christ and the different giftings, the different roles in the body of Christ. Absolutely. I've told a few folks, I said, you know, sometimes the classroom is where we do our best learning. But on the women's bill, the work site became the classroom. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just a classroom about building skills. It was a classroom about relationships, mm -hmm. about working together, about loving people. When we sometimes didn't have a Spanish speaker on our teams, which I always lamented, it was about fitting into something that was bigger. We had to learn that what we were doing with this family was just one component mm -hmm. of a bigger ministry. We had to learn how we could help that big picture or how we could hurt that big picture if we thought that our little part was the totality of the ministry to that family. Yeah. Humility, oh my goodness, being a a learner, um, sharing with others what we've learned. Don't just tell me how to do it, show me how to do it, model it for me. And always, as Jesus was said, in all things, do it all in love. Absolutely, and now the treasure is we could go knock on any of those doors and be welcomed. There is something special about going to the same place to do ministry, connecting with people, year after year after year. And one of the greatest things was after a little bit, people that we had worked on their house helped us work the next family's house. That's right. That is exciting. 
And they would cook for us. Mm, would they cook for us? Do you remember that first year she stayed up all night I know. cooking enchiladas? And that's where I learned the difference between green sauce and white sauce. Oh, I bet. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the hard way. The hard way, yes. <laughs> they laughed when I put so much green sauce on, and I didn't know why. I thought it was an avocado sauce. It, it wasn't. No, the smoke is coming out <laughs> yes. of your ears. Yeah. Yes, well, everybody got a laugh out of that. What sweet memories. And to think that we got to be a part of that. That is amazing. It is amazing. So thank you for leading the charge. It was nothing but pure joy. Nothing but pure joy. Well, we knew that. We knew that that was your favorite week every year. That wasn't a job for you. That was just That was just fun. Fun. I shouldn't even got paid. I should probably write WMO Texas a check for, <laughs> for, for seven years of the women's build down in the valley. Ah, just keep it. Okay. <laughs> So Carolyn, as you, as you participate in the Women's Build, here's what I heard you say. Choose to be lifelong learners. Every task matters. Do more than tell, model. Teach others what you know. Involve others. Uh, Carolyn, thank you for being with us and talking to us a little bit about what it means to be a leader. Thank you, Sandy. I've loved every minute of it. Well. Thank you for listening to this edition of On the Journey Conversations. And we'll see you next time. Thanks.